entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The individual that got on the bus remained very close to the drive at all times. An armed man commandeers an MTA bus jumping out the window, leading to the bus crashing and then his arrest. New York City has its first female FDNY commissioner. A bombshell U.S. Senate report concludes without evidence that the origin of COVID-19 was China's Wuhan lab. The upcoming midterms putting the spotlight on voting laws, which vary state by state, which President Trump in the 2020 election loss alluded to opening the door for voting fraud. Elon Musk is officially at the helm of Twitter and has begun cleaning house. A bus crash yesterday that toppled a utility pole in Queens was set off by an armed suspect who held the driver at gunpoint. That according to the NYPD. The individual that got on the bus remained very close to the driver at all times. There's a partition which separates the passengers and the bus driver. The individual got on the bus, sat directly behind the bus driver, and leaned up close to that partition the whole way. The wild event began when a 44-year-old man ran right in front of the Q4 bus with a gun in his hands near the intersection of 197th Street and Linden Boulevard in the St. Albans section. Just before 7.30, he demanded that the bus driver open the door. The driver complied but offloaded all passengers. Investigators say the gunman told the driver he was being chased and ordered him to drive, which he did for more than 30 blocks. This suspect, 44-year-old Dwayne Gaddy, ended up jumping out of the bus at 232nd Street. The bus then crashed at 233rd Street in Cambria Heights. Police arrested Gaddy and he faces a slew of charges. Laura Kavanaugh sworn in as New York City's new and first female FDNY commissioner yesterday morning. Kavanaugh becoming the first woman to lead the FDNY in its 157-year history. New York City Mayor Eric Adams led the swearing-in ceremony at Engine 33, Ladder 9 in NoHo. The people of the FDNY have provided me with an enduring faith in something that I was raised with and I have long known to be true, that where you build a community, you create a force multiplier that does extraordinary things. Kavanaugh has been serving as acting FDNY commissioner since February. She was appointed deputy commissioner by then-commissioner Daniel Nigro. He retired in February. A 35-page report released by the U.S. Senate Committee on Health alludes to substantial evidence pointing to a Wuhan lab accident as the origin of covid But evidence for a natural spillover is missing even after three years of probes. Separately, EcoHealth Alliance used American tax dollars to conduct gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Dr. Anthony Fauci and the NIH allegedly knew about it. Representative James Comer, the Republican out of Kentucky on Newsmax, alleging a cover-up. I think this is a cover-up. And I think that uh, the leadership, including Fauci, realize that this is something that uh, they're going to have to come clean with or they're going to face criminal charges very soon. The report says that the hypothesis of a natural zoonotic origin no longer deserves the benefit of the doubt. 
In 2020, then-President Donald Trump proclaimed that the lack of final results on election night could be an indicator of something nefarious and used it to assert without evidence that the election was, in fact, stolen. He said, we don't want them to find any more ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list, Trump said. I have legally used the tax laws to... I want to thank the American people for their tremendous support. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight. And uh, a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people. And we won't stand for it. And results released on election night are unofficial, of course, and always incomplete. They inevitably change as more ballots are counted. There is no standardization throughout states. Some states give local election offices several weeks before election day to process mailed ballots, including checking signatures and verifying ID info. In other states, that process can't start till election day or shortly before, meaning those ballots might not get counted until the next day or even later. Well, it is official. Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, has taken control of Twitter and ousted the CEO, chief financial officer, and the company's general counsel. The people won't say if all the paperwork for the deal, though, originally valued at $44 billion, has actually been signed or if the deal was closed, according to two people familiar with that deal last night. And uh, new numbers also show that nearly 600 employees left Twitter in the last quarter. Greg Larkin from Punks and Pinstripes spoke to ABC7 about the departures. Basically, everyone who has a LinkedIn profile who works at Twitter and asked ourselves how many people have left each quarter since the beginning of 2022. These numbers are going to be an underestimate, meaning this is only it's a lagging indicator. The, the data is going to become available when somebody changes their employment status on LinkedIn. So that's not everyone who's left. The major personnel moves are expected to be the first of many changes made by Musk. Well, President Joe Biden, in remarks at Onondaga Community College in Syracuse, New York, touted a $100 billion investment for Micron over the next two decades. It's to build semiconductor manufacturing in that region. He framed it as a game changer for the local economy and a sign that his policies are effective in boosting domestic manufacturing. More broadly, he sought to contrast the Democratic economic agenda with Republican policy proposals as part of a closing midterm message that has focused in on voter concerns about the economy. Making these chips in America is going to help lower the cost for families looking to buy a car to replace your washing machine, get a new cell phone. It also helps companies outcompete the rest of the world. And I've got heard from Xi Jinping that he's a little concerned about that. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. It's not, as I told them, it's not about conflicts. It's about competition. And we're back in the game. We're competing again in a big way. Polls have consistently, though, shown Biden is underwater with voters on his handling of the economy, citing concerns about things like gas prices, the cost of groceries and other goods, and rising mortgage rates. A federal court cleared the way Thursday for a Democratic-led House committee to review former President Donald Trump's tax returns, although the U.S. Supreme Court could still block that action. Judges on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a ruling that courts won't stand in the way of the House's chief tax committee that's been seeking Trump's financial documents, denying a petition by the former president to reconsider a previous ruling. At a 2016 rally, Donald Trump said he properly took advantage of tax laws. I have legally used the tax laws to my benefit. 
and to the benefit of my company, my investors, and my employees. I mean, honestly, I have brilliantly, I have brilliantly used those laws. The case to obtain Trump's returns is one of several long-standing lawsuits in which the Democratic-led House is trying to obtain records related to Trump, including tax returns. Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney has endorsed and plans to campaign for Democratic Congresswoman Elisa Slotkin of Michigan. Backing a Democrat is a first for Cheney, a harsh critic of Republican former President Donald Trump, who lost her GOP primary in Wyoming last summer. Cheney is working to ensure Democrats remain in control of Congress. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. Cheney announced her support for the two-term House member from Holly, Michigan, in a Thursday statement by the Slotkin campaign. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Thursday said she does not see signs of a recession. That after the Commerce Department released data showing the economy rebounded in the third quarter of the year. Speaking on CNN, Yellen said that what we're seeing right now is solid growth this quarter in the economy and low unemployment across the workforce. We have unemployment at a 50-year low. There are two job vacancies for every um American who's looking for work. We have solid household finances, business finances, banks that are well capitalized, and we've been creating average 300,000 jobs a month. On Thursday, data from the Commerce Department showed U.S. gross domestic products grew at an annuitized rate of 2.6% between July and September, a healthy sign after six months of a shrinking economy. And much of the growth in third quarter GDP was driven by a surge in exports. And some leading economists are not, though, expecting growth to continue later this year or early next year. There's a mass exodus from the island nation of Cuba, and they're showing up at our southern border. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has a story. Experts say they're fleeing a corrupt government that has destroyed the economy. I've been to Cuba twice in the last five or six years, and people are pretty frustrated with the lack of progress. Texas A&M professor Raymond Robertson says this is the largest migration away from the Caribbean nation since the 1980s. Border agents encountered more than 26,000 Cubans in September. That's a 37% increase from the month before. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. President Joe Biden called Russian President Vladimir Putin's frequent references to nuclear weapons very dangerous, hours after Putin claimed he had no intention of using such a weapon. He spoke exclusively to News Nation. I think uh, he, if he has no intention, why does he keep talking about it? Why does he talk about the, the, uh, the ability to use a tactical nuclear weapon? He's been very dangerous in how he's approached this, and he should just get out. He can end this all. Get out of Ukraine. Putin has repeatedly raised the specter of using nuclear weapons, highlighting Russia's nuclear capabilities in response to any potential threats from the West. However, Putin Thursday said at a gathering of foreign policy experts that it was not in Russia's best interest to use a a tactical nuclear weapon. Well, Israel's far-right leader, Itmar Ben-Gavir, may have faced dozens of charges of hate speech against Arabs, but many young voters adore him as the voice of truth. 
He is often surrounded by throngs of devout boys and young men, said that young people know that I will defend them whether they are in the army or not. He spoke to Reuters. I'm for equality of rights, but whoever raises his hand against a soldier, whoever goes against the state of Israel, whoever wants to turn this into Palestine, it's not his place. I have no problem with Arabs as Arabs. Whoever wants to live here in peace, serenity and quiet, that's great. 77 WABC News Time 515. Time for sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I'm Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. It was just the Nets in action locally last night as they welcomed in the Dallas Mavericks just to fall 129 to 125 in overtime. Luka Doncic led all scoring with his 41 points to go with 14 assists. And the duo of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving once again were the only Nets who showed up, combining for 76 of Brooklyn's 125 points. KD was asked following the game what Brooklyn needs to fix to get back on track after their 1-4 start. Everything. You know, everything. You look at your whole team and look at your whole, all your schemes and just try to fine-tone it all. Well, uh, that makes sense. Up next for the Nets is a date with the Indiana Pacers at home in Brooklyn, set for tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. As for the Knickerbockers, they'll be in action tonight in Milwaukee to tip it off against the Bucks at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also tonight, you've got the Islanders set to skate with the Hurricanes in Carolina at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and the Devils on home ice against the Colorado Avalanche at the same time. Don't forget about baseball either. we still got the World Series to play here, folks, as Game 1 of the World Series between the Phillies and Astros is also slated for tonight at 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time. And week eight of the NFL season got underway last night in Tampa Bay between the Bucks and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson went for 238 yards through the air and a pair of second-half touchdowns as the Ravens rallied to a 27-22 win over Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, the two TBs. The Bucks moved to an underwhelming 3-5 and five on the season and the three straight losses for Brady are the longest skid He's endured since 2002 locally this weekend. You've got the Jets. They're two-and-a-half-point home underdogs against the Patriots Sunday at 1 p.m. And the Giants are three-point underdogs on the road against the Seahawks Sunday at 425. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. It was used once before, and perhaps it can be used again in helping to fight crime in New York City. 77 WABC's Bob Brown has the story. People are saying, I feel scared. I feel afraid. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on Cats at Night says the city needs to bring back Safe Streets, Safe Cities 2.0 if there's going to be any meaningful progress in fighting crime. It increased the percent of cops on parole on patrol by 54%. Mm. Think about that. Additional cops on patrol by 54%. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. One person killed, another hurt during a shooting. It happened in the lobby of a NYCHA building in Manhattan Thursday night. Now, police say the shooting happened inside of the Pedro Albizu Campos Plaza housing complex. That's on East 12th Street in Alphabet City, about 730. A 21-year-old man was fatally shot in his stomach while a 24-year-old man was shot in his left leg. Both victims taken to Bellevue Hospital where the 21-year-old was pronounced dead, but that second victim is expected to survive. So far, no arrests as of this morning, and the investigation by the NYPD is ongoing. Well, the New York City Council passed new legislation stepping up the city's ongoing efforts to control its rat population. The Rat Action Plan, the first introduced uh, back in July, you might remember, was approved by the Council's Sanitation Committee. That happened Wednesday. 
New York City's 311 hotline has seen a 60% surge in rat complaints from New Yorkers. That in April of 2022 from the same period three years ago. Here's New York City Council Member Chi Asi. While this approach is not going to solve and fix all of our furry friend problems, um, it's certainly going to make a dent in the issue that we have here in our city. So this new plan requires the city to establish rat mitigation zones and mandates annual health department reports on the rat infestation. The legislation also requires the owners of some large buildings to use rodent-proof trash bins. It also sets new pest management standards for all major private construction projects. Meanwhile, there are two other pilot rat mitigation programs that are being implemented. Now, starting next year, 8 p.m. will be the new residential and commercial garbage can time for that can to be placed on the curb, reducing the length of time rats can feast on trash. Police in New Jersey say that thieves have been hacking customers' bank accounts and also withdrawing hundreds of dollars at ATMs. There have been at least 30 victims who've come forward, and authorities believe there could be even more. These thefts began a few weeks ago at a drive-up ATM at the PNC Bank location in South Brunswick, New Jersey. Customer Mariella Crea spoke to ABC7. Well, I um, was checking my account online, and I saw a withdrawal of of $380. And I'm like, wait, I didn't do that. Police say that a skimming device was located on an ATM after hours. Bank security cameras caught images of a suspect that police are now trying to identify. It is believed he has withdrawn money from ATMs in several counties in New Jersey. Customers had their money reimbursed by banks in some cases and are receiving new ATM cards. Police suggest upgrading to ATM cards that you can just tap without inserting and to be extra vigilant by taking a look at your accounts, for example. PNC Bank customers who... Notice suspicious activity linked to ATM withdrawals should notify police and their respective banks. A comedian Chris Red was punched in the face in front of the comedy cellar in Greenwich Village where he was set to perform Wednesday night. According to a preliminary police investigation, Red was getting out of his car just before 9.40 p.m. when a man who apparently looked like a security guard charged at him and punched him in his face. Red was known on SNL for his impression of Mayor Eric Adams. It's your homeboy, your hometown hero, Eric Adams. Do you feel that? (laughs) New York is back, baby. (laughs) The city's never had a mayor with so much swagger before. I mean, y'all see me outside. The peacoats, the scarves, the shine on the baldy, though. (laughs) You can tell I have swagger. The 37-year-old victim um, there, uh, Red, of course, uh, taken to Bellevue Hospital for treatment after he got socked in his face. The suspect fled the scene. No arrests immediately made. The suspect was said to be wearing a blue security jacket and black pants. Red was a cast member on Saturday Night Live till last year. Well, the competitive real estate market on Long Island is staying strong, even as surging mortgage rates prompt a slowdown in many other parts of the country, according to data that was released yesterday. The median sale of homes sold on Long Island hit a record $620,000 during the third quarter, which includes July, August, and September. That, according to data compiled by real estate firm Douglas Elliman and appraiser Miller Samuel. That's creating a lot of demand for rentals, pushing up rents in some of these key cities. That's Tyler Marr of Redfin. He says the high prices for housing 
generally all across the United States is causing people to hold off on buying homes and instead rent. So these latest figures mark a 2.5% increase compared to the previous quarter and a 6% rise compared to the same period a year ago. Homes spent an average of just about 41 days on the market during the third quarter, the shortest recorded in more than two decades of available tracking data, according to the firms. The data excludes sales that occurred in Long Island's Hamptons and North Fork, which are tracked separately. Well, nobody won the estimated $700 million Powerball jackpot on Wednesday night. And that means the big prize grows to an estimated $800 million for Saturday night's drawing. The next drawing is Saturday night. And that jackpot, the top-tier jackpot, could climb even higher. Wednesday night's winning numbers were 46-37-19-56-36. The Powerball was 24 and uh, five tickets in five states, including Connecticut and New York, won top-tier prices of a million bucks each. It is the second-largest Powerball jackpot in the Powerball history. Well, a very different and unusual exhibit opening today in New York City. It's an exhibit celebrating King Tut, and it has a very modern twist, taking a digital look at the boy king for the Instagram age. High-resolution digital projections, for example, of King Tut's world are splashed along walls and floors as visitors will be able to walk through nine galleries that chart his life, death, and world. Beyond King Tut, already open down in Washington, D.C., it'll also be in Los Angeles and Vancouver, British Columbia, November 4th. 77 WABC News Time, 529. If you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.